Good afternoon. This is Rich Nass with Open Systems Media, Embedded Computing Design, and you may know us as the Embedded Insiders. And I'm here with Brandon Lewis, my partner in crime. Hello, Brandon. Hi. How are you doing, Rich? I'm doing great. Doing great. I'm just off APEC, which is the Applied Power Conference. And um, as such, we talk about power. We have a pretty special announcement. Um, we, we have a new member of our team, and he is joining us on Embedded Insiders, and he'll be joining us on a semi-regular basis, and that is Alex Paul. Hello, Alex. Hey, Rich. How are you doing, my friend? Very I glad to be here. I am doing great. Uh, we're glad to have you. Um, and for the folks out there, Alex is now part of our team. He'll be providing regular analog and power coverage for embedded computing design. He'll also be, since he's based in, in Germany, he'll be providing a lot of European coverage for us. Think you, think you can handle all looking that? Looking forward out? to it. Yes, sir, looking forward to it. I have, you know, as you know me, I love this industry. I always have a ball. Absolutely, and that's what's, you know, what makes us great. We want to have fun here. If we're not having fun, we should do something else. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so let's, let's talk a little bit about APEC. I jotted down some notes, some things that I saw there, and I wanted to get your take on it. The first thing that struck me, um, I had maybe 15 meetings over my time there, and um, in about a third of those meetings, I sat down with the representative vendor, and they said, we have the highest efficiency part in the industry. Literally five people said the exact same thing. We have the highest efficiency part in the industry. <laughs> and by the, by the third or fourth one, I was hysterical laughing. And, and they looked at me like, well, why is that funny? And I explained to you, well, everybody can't have the highest efficiency part. Um, but after walking through it with, you know, after we got to the third or fourth one and we started to talk about it, actually it is possible for everybody to have the highest efficiency part because of the parameters that you're basing that on. And, and they didn't go into those parameters, but you know, if, if one guy's doing it for mobile, another guy's doing it at high power, somebody else is comparing to something else. So I guess it really is possible. Do you see the same thing? Well, you know, Rich, I can, I'm going to give you the two answers. I'm going to give you my off-the-cuff funny one, and I'll give you the intelligent one that I should have given the up, up front. But uh, my first response <laughs> is, yeah, my first response is it sounds like speaker specs. It sounds like I'm buying consumer stereo. I got 5,000 watts in this speaker. Yeah, driven for one second to the THD of 5,000. You know, I mean, you can set up, which, goes, which leads into what you're saying with the parameters, right? You know, it's easy to claim and advance if you narrow your definition to your product. And so some of them are actually, you're, you're absolutely right, Rich. Some of those guys actually have really, truly innovative stuff. I mean, D3 semiconductor, um, Arctic sands, there's some really nice pieces of equipment out there, but they're very, very sharply constrained parameters, very, very, very tightly defined application spaces. And so you're absolutely right. It's easy to have a part that's perfect for a specific spot. The, the key here is, is can these technologies be scaled? Can they be used in different application spaces? And then at that point, is it truly efficiency the key, or is it the gestalt, the, the entire system efficiency? Well, you're on to a much larger subject, which is one that we talk about a lot about, you know, it, it, it doesn't really matter what you do at the chip level. It's what, what you do at the system level that, that really counts. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. So, um, yes, it's very, it, it, it is accurate to say, yeah, I have the best part for, you know, 12 volts in one amp and board level. Uh, but then, you know, you change some of the parameters and then it's not the case. So, 
but then again, that's what the point of engineering is, right? We're all trying to find the solutions and dial in the best optimal solution for the application. So actually, I embrace the claims because what it really means is we have 15 new solutions for 15 different application niches, and then each of them are optimized. So in reality, it's a benefit. Okay, so to those of you that I laughed at, I apologize. I shouldn't have laughed at you. You might have been right. Okay, next one was um, gallium nitride. There was, there was a fair amount of that at the show, and um, I saw some cool things. Scan Systems was, was doing wireless charging where they, um, you didn't have to be like right on top of the charger to, to charge your device. You know, like you know, everybody complains when they go to Starbucks with these chargers and they never really work right. Um, they were doing it, I think they claimed two inches away, but it was, you know, at, at, at like an inch, it works really well. Um, mm -hmm, another mm -hmm. one who does that is uh, Efficient Power Conversion, I think that's the name of the company. Uh, I think yeah, that's Alex, you those people. Well. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Well, uh, do, you see that? do you see that having a life? Oh, t oh, totally, Rich. Totally. And, well, I mean, uh, GAN and well, all the wideband gap semiconductors, but primarily GAN because that's the low, low power realm we're playing in. Um, the biggest issue I see is packaging because these tools exist. The applications they're showing are functional. I mean, the stuff uh, EPC and Alex Lido's people are doing in wireless charging, in LiDAR, in really, really beautiful, high-efficiency, uh, small form factor applications. They're doing tremendous advances. But the problem is, is that today they have to be custom designed in or they have to be, you have to really use a topology that favors the packaging. And they need more advanced and better packages that are more compatible with general uh, circuits and systems so that the, I wouldn't say average engineer, there's no really such thing as an average engineer, but that the mainstream engineer who may not be playing in the high rel and may not be playing in the extremely uh, low power at any cost spaces to integrate GAN as it becomes more mature, as the packaging gets better, as it becomes a more accessible technology. And it I'm sounds like there's a very clear delineation. I'm, I'm sorry, Ben, go ahead. Good. I was going to chime in here because uh, I've just been a fly on the wall listening and some really good stuff. But uh, as far as uh, packaging out there right now, uh, for some of those high-rel applications, where, where do you see us, uh, Alex, um, in terms of bringing GAN into industrial automotive? Who are some of the leaders? Well, Transform doing very good work with packaging. Uh, EPC dodges the issue by going package less. <laughs> right. And, right. And uh, GAN Systems is actually one of the other companies that's really pushing on. The, and, I'm, and, and when I was saying high rel, I was meaning in general because a lot of GAN is going into that type of an application. But medical wearables is another big space for very small, high efficiency electronic circuits. But then again, um, it comes back to the packaging because I don't know how much of our audience knows gallium nitride um, works on a quasi piezoelectric. Uh, superconducting effect between the layers. So you can't put leads through the top of the die. You have, it has to be all edge packaged. But then you have an old legacy package. I don't know why people still design with TO220s, but you have, you have all these companies cramming advanced technologies into legacy packaging where the parasitics are destroying the benefits. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and, and what I found when we talked about this six months ago, a year ago, it seemed like GAN was competing with silicon carbide, and that, and that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. It seems like there's, there's a clear distinction at, you know, when you get their high voltage, 
um, you're in silicon carbide, and when you're in that middle level, you're at GAN. Do you agree? Right. I, I completely agree. And well, and we're even finally starting to see re the real differences within that space itself. Like now, people recognize there's a difference between RF GAN and power GAN, and that there are other applications for silicon carbide beyond just uh, high power inverter circuits. So it's really a beautiful time. It's so much promise. Um, one other thing I don't know if you gents know, the uh, British Bureau of Standards has launched uh, launched a couple of years ago a program to qualify all of the new uh, piezoelectric semiconductors because the next big goal are GAN microcontrollers, GAN microprocessors, or maybe even wow. um, some, you know, maybe some other germanium. I mean, because the big push between gallium nitride in the middle power range is the switching frequencies. We can go up to really, really high frequencies, shrink our inductors, shrink everything because we can go to uh, frequencies that we can't achieve in silicon. Now. Imagine if we can take those speeds and have a microprocessor that could switch at gallium nitride speeds. And so that's the next phase. But I know that we're getting ahead of ourselves. But there's so much beautiful promise in the wideband gaps. And in my, my opinion, the key is commercialization, better packaging, more universal acceptance by allowing the engineers to be able to design them into normal things. Excellent. Okay, we're almost out of time. I just wanted to broach one more subject, and I was a little embarrassed that I saw this technology and I wasn't aware of it. Um, digitally enhanced analog. Now, when I, when I first sat down at the table, I thought we were talking about digital power and very quickly realized that we were talking about analog with a microcontroller built in to enhance the analog. Um, mm -hmm. I know microchip was shown, and I'm, I'm sure there's others that have that technology. Have, have you guys seen that? Oh yes, um, the well when when Microchip bought Atmel, we really started to see a lot of that you know integration because Atmel was, was was picking along the edges of that, um, and well, a modern microcontroller is really an SOC. I mean, if you think of, if you go back a few years, um, there were no peripheral devices. Today, you could pick up a top of the line 32-bit micro from almost any of the top-line manufacturers, and all you really need to do is slap a display on it and put it in the package, and you've got a product. The, 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 the power and the functionality is phenomenal. Um, when you think about it, like when was the last time you saw a single-chip DSP? All of these functionalities are being integrated directly into the microcontrollers because it makes most sense. So now we've got these onboard peripherals that are intelligent peripherals. They're talking to the micro that you've got your RF stages and they can work independently. You can go down to incredibly low quiescent currents and it goes right to your point. It's, it's, you're still doing analog power because you've got to move the electrons around, but it's all digitally controlled, digitally managed. You can get telemetry out of it now. And it really does expand the opportunities to, to have incredibly uh, elegant systems that can really, really run at very low quiescence when they don't need to, but when they wake up, they can do a lot of very powerful functionality. So basically you're telling me that I should have been embarrassed, that I should have known about it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a big world, Rich. I mean, you know a lot of stuff. <laughs> you can't know everything. <laughs> but I do claim to know everything, right, Brandon? All the time. There you go. There okay. you go. Very good. All right, I'm afraid that we're out of time, um, but uh, this this is pretty exciting stuff, and and I look forward to other podcasts. Oh, this has been fun. You. 
Uh, this is very good. I'm, I'm really glad to be. On, I'm really glad to be on the team. I look forward to do this a lot more often. Yeah, welcome, Alex. All right, both of you guys have a great day. You too. Thank you. Thank you.